Competitors, I hope you're ready for today's conversation because it's going to inspire you to get up, get out the door, and start attacking life every day with the same passion as Dennis Lozada. Buckle in, competitors. Today is a fun conversation, and I am so excited you are here for a brand new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm your host here and the founder at Compete Every Day. And man, I'm just excited to be and be able to spend some time with you this week and every week through the Compete Every Day podcast as we learn ways that we can build our mindset, improve our mental toughness, step into our role as leaders in our work and in our home life so that we can start winning our work, our workouts, and our life. How can we start showing up every day, making the right choices, and most of all, just competing for everything we desire and everyone we love? That's what this show's about. Today has me fired up because my man Dennis just brings an incredible story of how he overcame a tremendously tough upbringing, how he battled cancer numerous times, and now how he's one of the top trainers in the U.S. He's a multi-year Nike master trainer, functional strength coach, kettlebell coach, He's worked with IMG Academy, Onnit Foundations. This guy, from a fitness certification standpoint, has the cream of the crop. But when you hear his story, it wasn't always that way. It wasn't his first career path. And he actually boxed for a while. He spent some time in sales, but learned to get out of his comfort zone, start attacking areas of his life, having this mindset of where can I help others? How can I help others be better? And that ultimately has transformed his life. So get ready. This is an amazing conversation. Before we dive into the show, I want to remind you that next week, October 15th, signals the drop of the brand new Compete Everyday Fall Collection. It is releasing. I hope you're ready. If you are ready, set your calendars October 15th, 7 p.m. and use the code PODCAST, P-O-D, C-A-S-T will get you 15% off that order. So podcast, use it at competeeveryday.com on October 15th to grab the fall gear. Now, enough of me talking. I've got to get you to hear this man's story. Be inspired by how he attacks life so that you can go do the same. Everyone, let's welcome to the show, Dennis Lozada. Hello? Hey, Dennis, what's going on? Dennis, welcome to the show today, man. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Man, I'm excited to connect. Uh, I feel like I've said this uh, a handful of times, but uh, shout out to Brian Levinson for getting us connected. Uh, He had mentioned about you. uh, And after having a chance to to look at just a little bit more of your website, to look at your social media, I was like, man, this is a guy that the Compete Everyday community has got to connect with. So before we dive in a little bit to your story, give us a quick snapshot of who you are today. And then, man, we're going to rewind it back and and dive back into your journey. Okay. uh, Who am I today? My name is Dennis Lozada. Um, I'm half Italian, half Puerto Rican. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I am a Nike Mass trainer here in New York City. I am also employed by the fitting room. We are high intense interval training studio, a boutique studio, uh, possibly one of the best workouts in New York City. Um, we have an amazing team, uh, amazing owner. I mean, we're just all together. I think what we do here is, is pretty, you know, it's pretty special. Uh, personally, um, I've been a personal trainer now in New York City for 13 years, around 14. Um, it was a life-changing decision that I made uh, 13 years ago. 
coming from the nine to five world. I still train uh, in all modalities and I'm now also doing strength conditioning for fighters. Uh, I grew up as a boxer. Uh, I've always been an athlete. So right now um, I have a lot on my plate. I'm really excited for the future. And I'm really excited to be here today uh, and, you know, and just give a little bit of insight on who I am and what my goals and my dreams and aspirations are. Dude, you mentioned that becoming the trainer was a, a life-changing experience for you. What, what made you want to go that route? What about health and fitness and more importantly, helping others with health and fitness was such a, a calling for you? Um, so it's funny. People always ask me that. And it was a turning point. I was you know, I went to college, I put football in college, I got my degree, I put at Towns University, I got my degree in business management, and I followed the same suit that a lot of other people were following, um, and that was going to nine to five world. Um, I worked in a pharmaceutical company, I did very well there, but I knew I was very unhappy, it, it just wasn't me. Um, you know, it's funny, because people always ask me, wow, when did you get all your tattoos? I had no tattoos then whatsoever. <laughs> um, I just woke up and I was, I think what it all happened was when, I went back to boxing and I started training again in the amateurs and I was still working nine to five. I was doing white collar because I had already been an amateur before. So I started competing again, won a few tournaments, really got ranked up there high. And then I stopped because I felt like, you know, great. I really got to focus on my job. But then I got the opportunity to become a professional fighter. And that's when it all clicked. And I realized that, you know, there's some people who are made to fight. Um, some people are not. And I think I'm that person that was. Um, and it just hit, I just woke up one day and I said, you know what, like, this is it. Like, if I'm going to do this, I got to just do it. Like, I just can't half-ass it. I can't be, I can't work nine to five and be one person and then try to turn around and flip the switch and be another person in my boxing career. I have to go into this, uh, and, you know, leave no stone unturned and give it my all. And I knew if I was working nine to five, I couldn't do that. So after boxing was over. I, uh, you know, I spoke with a few people. I had a few friends who were like, you know, you should really become a trainer. You love boxing. You love boxing. You love football. You love to work out. And you're, you know, you love helping other people. Um, why not do this? And I thought about it. And I, you know, told my friends. And everyone was like, are you out of your mind? Like, you're going to work at a gym as a personal trainer. Do you know how much they make? And I didn't really care. I honestly didn't care. I, I felt that this was my calling. I just felt it in my heart that this is what I was meant to do. And I think, you know, there are those people who know what they're meant to do in life. And I felt that this was it. And I jumped into it. And I said, you know what, I'm not looking back. If I'm going to do this, I'm going in, I'm going all in. I got, you know, I started at the bottom making seven fifteen an hour at New York Sports Club, picking up weights, picking up behind people, wearing a red shirt, basically that says like, you know what, I knew. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, I hustled. I, I, I was grinding. I hit the books. I educated myself. I really, really, you know, uh, surrounded myself with the people who I want, who inspired me. And those are the people who elevated me. And that's where it all started. You know, and that's where my mindset came from. And that's where it is today. Um, to surround myself with those who inspire me um, and elevate me and, and want, and that I want more. You know, I just want to be around because the, the more I'm around them, the more I want and the more I want, the more I can give the people who are around me. So that's how it all started. Well, something you said there, I'm curious about because for a lot of our listeners and, and just a lot of people in general going through life, it's hard for them sometimes to start over. It's hard for them to switch industries, switch careers. And it's not from a 
skill set, ability set. It's the idea of what is it going to, what am I going to look like starting over? What am I going to look like wearing that red shirt? Um, have you oh, yeah. been someone that that's been more mission driven, purpose driven than worrying what everybody else is thinking about you or, or going to say about you for taking a step back? Um, or was that a process of you just starting to develop that mindset that I'm focused on me? I don't care what anybody else has to say. I've got to do what's best for me and how I can help people. Great question. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was not that person. Um, and we, when we talk about my upbringing, I'll, I'll let you know why, but for me, wearing that red shirt, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was humbling. And I, again, you know, it was one of those things where like, am I really doing this? You know, I went from a cushy salary, really doing well for myself to, you know, picking up weights. I was picking up weights. I had no clients. You know, I think my, I still have my first paycheck that was four digits. You know, I still have that. It reminds me every day of how blessed I am and lucky I am right now today. Um, I remember, you know, asking people like, you know, when is this going to change? You know, my friends are like, yo, you're, you're struggling. Like, you really want to keep doing this? And I, and there were, I had many, many, many moments where I questioned what I was thinking, why I was doing this. But, you know, every so often someone would come up to me and they'd be like, you know what? Hey, they weren't, maybe they weren't my client, but I was helping them out in the gym just with a couple of movements and helping them move in patterns. And it would say, you know, Hey, thanks a lot. You know, I really, I really appreciate you. Um, you know, see that the other day you came over and you really, you know, helped me out. Um, or you were got, you know, you really just worked on my form with me, although I'm not your client. And I, that's when it really just said to me, you know what, I have to see this through. Um, I can't quit. You know, I've been there before and I'm not quitting now. Um, so yeah, when I tell you like wearing a red shirt and walking the gym floors in the global gym is possibly one of the most humbling experiences and it will really test your will, you know, and your mindset and your mindset has to be like, you know what, I got to do this because I want no regrets. I don't ever want to ever do this again in life and like quit on something and regret it you know, and not give it my all because I've been there once before. Well, and I want people to to really take note of, of your honesty sharing that, that it was a trained skill. It was not something you were comfortable with, you enjoyed at the beginning. And, and, and for any of us that's yeah. back, man, it sucks. It, it sucks from a, a pride standpoint, <laughs> a life standpoint. The it really last does. thing you want to do is, is look like you don't have it together or you're having yeah, to Yeah, yeah. But it's so important to do. It's like the uh, the overweight person that steps in the gym for the first time, the the forty or fifty year old that's going back to school to get their degree. Like it's so important yeah. to, to train yourself to block that out because there are bigger things ahead, and where you're trying to go is so much more important than than where you are right now. This, Absolutely, you've got a uh, you've got a pretty uh, interesting upbringing. I would say an inspirational. <laughs> would be the best uh, I heard you get to share it a little bit on a few of your other interviews but for our guest give us a peek into yeah. what it was like growing up as, as Dennis um so this is something I, I it's funny I only op I only open up when I think it makes inspiring and a positive and you know influence on others uh, it's not something that I just use um because I, I think it, you know it's for me it's personal um and as you said you know I grew up in the system, the New York City system. So my parents, my, my, my dad, you know, left me a day before my birthday. He put me in a home for boys, uh, you know, uh, and my mom left like right before the holidays, you know, like it was just a really bad upbringing, you know. Um, it was just one of those things where, you know, what, what kid can grow up 
and really know that my parents didn't love me, you know? Um, so I grew up in a system. I was uh, 11 going on 12. Um, and it was hard. You know, I bounced around from foster home to group home to juvenile detention center from the age of 11 to 17. You know, it wasn't easy. Um, there's a lot of insecurity that go with that. There's a lot of trust value that go with that. You see a lot of things that an 11 to 12, 13 year old boy should not see. Um, and it really starts to build some uh, deep rooted demons. <laughs> um, it's also character building as you get older. Um, but I think for me, it, it helped me out in a really big way because uh, now today, as you know, as an as 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 an older as an old gentleman, I uh, I go back. I want to go back now. And right now, I'm one of my you know one of the things I want to do is start a mentorship program with these young kids um, because it's not easy. You know, um, no kid should ever feel unwanted and unloved just because their parents, you know, put them in a situation. And what happens to a lot of us is that, uh, you know, you feel that our circumstances will always determine our out final outcome. And I'm like, no way. You know, my circumstances do not, do not dictate who I will become. They were just, they're just character building for me. Like that's all they did. My circumstances built my character to where I am today. Did you, when you were going through that and, and, you were, I would almost say, in a spot that a lot of people maybe listening can't directly relate to, but you didn't sound like you had a lot of people immediately close to you that you were looking up to because... Uh, no, 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 not at all. Not at okay, all. yeah. So who did you, how did you find those people to look up to, to learn from, to that, I mean, even inspired you just to keep going and growing, even from an athletic standpoint, eventually into your career, because those, those lives, a lot of that time without any kind of figure that's helping show you what could be, um, it's very easy to get yeah. into the wrong spot. So I'm curious how you found those people or how those people stepped into your life. Uh, so for me, it was, uh, it all started in uh, middle school and high school. Um, I was in uh, Rockland County, New York, um, and football was football, basketball, and baseball is where it all happened for me. I was always an athlete. You know, I had been boxing since I was seven years old. Um, so boxing started to build that hardworking uh, and grit in me. And that you know, like it, when you box, you know, it's just you and another per another person. So you you have to seriously, you know, you have to have a, a different mindset when you're boxing. Um, and it also builds character. But when I went to middle school and high school, I was really I know I was a, a, above a, a step above a lot of kids my age, athletic wise. And uh, my coaches noticed that the thing was, though, I was, you know, I'm having time at Puerto Rican. I was in a predominantly all white school. Um, so obviously I stood out, but athletic wise, I feel like I didn't realize I stood out, but my coaches took to me and they were hard on me. You know, they knew my situation and they were hard on me and, I really appreciate that they, you know, they didn't, they didn't, you know, uh, take it easy on because of my circumstances where I was from. And, you know, I used to go, I didn't go home like the other kids did. I went to a, you know, a group home or I was going to a detention center. Um, so they were hard on me, but they gave me tough love. And I truly appreciate that because, um, you know, we, it was more about like, especially like my football coaches, they really, you know, they were grinding on me, man. They really, really dug into me they pushed me to the point at times where like I wanted to quit. And I realized when that, pay, when that point came, they came to talk to me and they're like, we, I push you for certain reasons. Cause I see a lot more, I see something in you. And that's where it all, that's where it all came from. It came from you know, middle school and high school. And I went to college, like 
it really exploded. Like um, my coaches really, you know, they knew my story as well. They knew the type of athlete that I was and they knew how to motivate me and what to, what to do. So I think that's what I started all came from my coaches. And that's where I think me as a coach now, that's how I am. Um, you know, you know how to push people. There's other people you can really dig into. You know, you got to get in their shit. And there's other people who you have to cuddle and you have to really know how to motivate them in a different way. And that's where I learned that from. I learned that from my coaches. Um, Cause I think, you know, coaches, you have so many different personalities that you can't be hard on every child or every, every athlete. There's some athletes you gotta, you know, you, you know, you have to know how to motivate them. And there's so many different ways to motivate every athlete. And for me, that's where it all came from. What do you think in terms of your, your training career and working with clients, how do you feel your, and maybe that was what you just answered, but your athletic background has helped you be a better trainer? Because I, I say that because we, we've talked about coaches and trainers before and people are thinking, uh, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what Dennis does, but man, your certifications are through the roof. Uh, not only do you work <laughs> on Bear, you, uh, you just are starting your second year uh, as a Nike master trainer, your third year with Nike, uh, you do TRX group suspension training. You've gotten on it foundations on it kettlebell. Uh, I know from a training standpoint, you do boxing CrossFit, a number of different things. So this isn't just, Hey, I'm going into my local 24 and, and working out with somebody like you have no, no, no. a ton of experience. And so yeah. I'm curious, your athletic, your boxing career, how that competitive atmosphere has helped you as a trainer work with these different types of individuals that maybe don't have that same competitive fire you do? Um, so I always think uh, if you have a body, you're an athlete. You know what I mean? If you have, if you, you're, you have a body, you have an, you're an athlete. Um, and so a lot of clients that I work with, um, they, they all have goals. Every client has a goal. So it's always about the client. It's never about your training system. It's about the client and what's best within your system to get that client to where they are. Now, I always tell my clients, it's not about aesthetics. You know, it's about your health. Because if you're healthy, you can do fitness, right? So it's all about health. First, I want to keep you healthy. I, I, and that's the most important thing, whether it's, you know, you stay healthy because you want to run a marathon. You know, you have kids that run around the house. You want to play with your kids later on. Um, you're that weekend warrior. I want to keep you healthy so you're able to do all of the things that you want to continue to do. So that's how the program starts. Um, and then we start by, you know, feeling each other out, know, you know, seeing what my personality is, seeing what their personality is, how to push them, how not to push them. And really, it's always about making the client feel good. You know, in my, my workout's not about killing you. I, I'm not here to kill you. I, anyone can do that, you know. I want you to feel strong. I want you to feel empowered. And I want you to come leave my sessions like, you know what, like, damn, like that, you know, like that was hard, but I feel great. Like, not just physically, but like, emotionally spiritually like like my confidence is always high i always feel good when i leave there i may be having a bad day but he not even through the workout but by how he motivates me how he talks to me during workouts and what's happening that's how i feel good about myself and those are things i think that when you as a coach and you're you know you're doing one-on-ones or small group training classes you're cueing your you know whatever it is that you're saying to people um, whether it's in a funny manner, whenever it's, you know, in a, you know, in a way where, you know, you want them to realize, Hey, listen, we have to really strong up on these skills. We got to hone in what's happening right here. We're going to get injured. Um, people really appreciate that. And I think the people that I train and the people who come to my classes, they know that's how I am. And 
that's what it's all about for me. It's never been about fitness. For me, it's always been about your health. And if you're healthy, you can do fitness. If you can do fitness, you're happy. And if you're happy, you feel good. It's never about aesthetics. You know, it should never, ever be about aesthetics. And I learned that, you know, through the years. It just didn't happen overnight because we all go into this industry for aesthetics. But as you get older, you start to realize and you start to mature. And that's what happened for me. I started to mature um, and realize what, what's really important about the client. And that's what, and that's, and it, it takes, it takes time. It takes maturity. It just doesn't happen for people. And that's why when I'm around younger trainers now, you know, I, I speak to them about those things, you know, don't make the mistakes that I made. You know, I'm trying to help you out now by telling you things, you know, and because I made those mistakes and I, if I can help one, I've accomplished my, uh, you know, I've done, I've done well. So the, the idea of health and being healthy continues to, to operate itself and, and obviously weave itself through your life. I also think, as we've talked about, you're a fighter as well. Uh, I've heard you share this before, and I'm curious if you would open up a little bit to our listeners that could be sitting in a similar position. Uh, you've had to fight for your health numerous times throughout yeah. your life, uh, and, and yeah. not, not an easy battle either. How have you maintained a positive mindset uh, when going up against something like cancer? Um, yeah, so my, uh, my mom died of breast cancer. My dad died of throat cancer. Um, I never got the opportunity to see my mother before she passed away. Um, so I never really got a chance to talk to her. My dad, I, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity um, to talk to him. So seeing it firsthand was like, you know, with him was really, you know, it, it hurt. It, it really hit me. Um, and a year later, I, you know, I was just feeling my, my adductors were really, really tight. I felt like I had pulled something or torn something. And I just, the pain was really weird. Um, and I went to go get an MRI and, uh, you know, I just went to go see some doctors and they checked in other areas. And I realized I was told I had to stick with cancer. Um, it's not something a 30 year old healthy or thinks that he's healthy, uh, man wants to hear, you know, um, especially when I had no idea what testicular sickle cancer really was, you know, like I, I was like, there's no way I'm um, not me. Like that can't happen to me. Like I'm healthy. Uh, I work out every day. I, I, I eat pretty well. Like, but it happened, you know, um, I did all when I had to do, I did my chemo and it, it, I thought it went away. It was a year and a half later. Um, I, you know, it came back, um, and this time um, I went out to uh, Minnesota to the Mayo Clinic to get treatment out there. Um, and it, that was that. The second time was hard. It was really it was tough on me because um, I had never interacted with people who had cancer, so I didn't really know, you know, what my emotions should be like. And I honestly, you know, coming from where I came from growing up. I, my mindset, my thought process was like, you know what, if I die, like whatever, like I, I shouldn't be here anyway. Right. Um, after it was all said and done my second time, I, I was really lucky and I was happy and I was going good. Uh, it was a year and a half, about a year, year and a half later, um, I was doing ring muscle ups and I thought I tore my pec and I was like, whoa, this isn't, this isn't good. Um, I had a lump in my, in my pec and I thought it was the tear. We went to my doctor. He's feeling around. He's like, no, it's not a tear. You know, he's like, Dennis, you've had cancer before, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, let me just send you to get a mammogram. I was like, say what? He's like, let me just send you. So went, got the mammogram, and uh, 
that's when I found out that I had breast cancer. Now, breast cancer is a very, very rare for men to get. It's incredibly rare. Um, that's when I found out that I also had gene. So my parents both passed the gene down onto me. Um, and I had the gene. I carried the gene. Um, so that was really hard. Um, I remember speaking with a few women because I had never met any men who had breast cancer. And uh, there are a few women at the fitting room who had, you know, been diagnosed with breast cancer prior to hearing about me. And we sat down and we spoke. And, you know, although I'm a male, they're female, we spoke about it. We spoke about treatments. We spoke about, you know, mindset. Um, from, and honestly, like, I was down. I, I was like, I can't do this again. You know, like, I don't want to do this again. I remember going into a really deep, dark hole. I remember this like it was yesterday. You know, like I was in my apartment I, the whole weekend. I just didn't answer my phone. TV, I think, was on all day. I was in my, my bed. And I remember just saying to myself, you know what? Like, no way. Like, I've come too far in my life to just quit right now. I'm not a quitter. I've quit before, and I will never quit again. Was you know? there, was there was like, like something you saw, you read, uh, someone that you talked to that almost got you out of that victim could be a victim mindset of like, I'm done. I can't do this to like, no way in hell. I'm going to be the victor in this situation. I've done too much to get here. Honestly. Um, I, I, and you know, I, I remember this as clear as day, you know, and my girlfriend, I've told her about it and she's like, I can see it. Um, I remember three, I was in my bed. Um, and I woke up and my mom was sitting next to me and, uh, I remember her talking to me. Oh, excuse me. Um, I remember her talking to me and, you know, just telling me that, uh, you know, this is in your time. You, you need, you need to fight. Um, that's who you are. Um, I need to, I want to see you live and you need to get up and you need to go fight. And then that was it. I mean, I remember I woke up the next day, I cleaned my apartment. I went, I worked out. I was like, the heck with this. Like I'm, I'm winning this battle and everything has changed, you know? And I remember it like it was yesterday because every time I think about it, I get, I get really emotional. Um, but yeah, it was what, what hit me and what really just woke me up. Um, I was really fortunate, lucky to have a really strong community of people um, from the fitting room, like me behind me. Um, I taught a couple of classes uh, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, I still do um, as much as I can with, you know, uh, people of cancer, like with talking and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was what hit me. It was, it was my mom, my, you know, having a dream and, uh, you know, waking up and just like the next day, it, it, honestly, like that was it. That was it for me. I was like, no way am I going to allow this to beat me. I've come too far and I have too much to do. Man. Wow. Uh, I love that. And, and I so appreciate you being authentic and, and sharing and just open. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. That, no that's, one, that's really powerful, but, but two, for anyone listening, we talk so much about everything that you're doing and how active you are and how you're investing your life into helping others. And so they had this picture of you and then we'd flash back and see what you went through, not only growing up, but what you went through as an adult. And it's so easy for us in life to, man, something doesn't go away, something goes wrong, and we immediately become that victim. And we think life is over, we think our chapter, our book is over, when all reality, like, we still have choices left to make, and we, we absolutely can choose to be that fighter. 
uh, to, to follow in your footsteps, regardless of if it's a first diagnosis, diagnosis or a third one. Um, and so, man, I, I appreciate you being the type of individual that's leading with your life and showing that there's, there's life after that diagnosis. There is, yeah. That is not, yeah, that's not yeah. a period. It's just a comma. Um, exactly. Man, so one of the things we talked about that I want to kind of wrap the show up with is we've shared about how you're investing in people's health how you're helping people take their life to a new level physically and mentally. But I know your passion is really helping kids that have gone through the situation yeah. you have. And so I would love yeah. to hear, I know you do some work with uh, adult child services and I'm curious what that looks like um, and really where your passion is to grow there in New York, working with these, these families, these kids that don't really have families or people to look up to. Yeah, um, so um, this all started, um, I got the opportunity last year with Nike to work in the Bronx um, with, um, with kids in the 6th and 8th graders. And they were, you know, they're an after-school program with kids who, um, you know, who come from lower social income families, come from maybe a one-parent home. And this program is just really to keep them on, you know, just to have, give them a safe place for X amount of hours and, you know, I was a part of the program and we were there for six weeks, we were there for twice a day. I mean, twice a week for six weeks. And I was there for about three hours with these kids. And um, it was the first time that I had work with this type of, you know, these, these kids of that age. Um, it was my first time I working with kids um, in that setting where I knew their circumstances um, and they were, where they were coming from. And for me, um, I, went in, I went in with an open mind. Uh, we, you know, the first day is always an awkward day, especially with sixth and eighth graders, you know, like they're at that weird stage in their lives, you know? So, um, we, we spoke, we, uh, we, we worked out, we spoke, we spoke about school, we spoke about everything. Um, and every week, you know, it just became easier to be with them. And I really started realizing what these kids were missing. Um, a, they were missing someone who looks like them, who talks like them, but, who's not an athlete, who's an everyday person, who has a struggle just like they have and who has to push to get to where they are, you know? And that's when I realized, like, you know, like I have, a, I have an amazing platform and I need to use it. Um, and after my six weeks with these kids, we, uh, I think that we took them to Nike headquarters. They had the most amazing time at Nike headquarters that any kid would possibly want or any adult for that matter would want to go there, you know, <laughs> yeah. what they did. Um, like you have no idea. So they had the best time. We still keep in contact. I still keep in contact with their coaches. And what excited me was that all the eighth graders that, that I had, they all went on to the high school they all wanted to go to. And that was a really proud moment for me. But that led me to saying, you know what, it's time for me to really step on the gas pedal and really start a mentorship program. I didn't have one. I didn't know what mentors were. Um, and it's time for me to do this. Um, so right now I'm working with a few people who are clients from mine at Fitting Room with eight, and they work for ACS and we're going to develop a program where I'm going to go there once a week and it's going to be about, you know, it's kind of like a play day. So we, uh, you know, right now Nike is all about, you know, sport changes everything and sport does change lives of kids. You know, you don't have to be the best athlete, but I need you moving. Yep. You know, I want you moving around. I, I want you moving. I want you. So it's all about really playing some type of athletic game for all of us. You know, whether it's kickball, whether it's relay races, I don't care what it is, but we're going to come together. We're going to have some fun. 
and we're all going to sit down and we're going to talk about what it is that we're going through. Um, because a lot of times when that, you know, being in the system in New York city system and the ACS system, it's really, really tough on these kids. You know, you, you're talking, you're talking about a kid who knows that his mom and his dad or just his mom or just his dad put them there. And they kind of like, you know, you feel like you're, you're garbage being thrown out. Honestly, like you, that's what you feel like. You, you feel worthless. You don't feel so good inside. You don't have the best confidence. Um, you kind of feel like, so what? Like, you know, if whatever I become, I become, look at my situation. And I don't want that for these kids because I know what that was like. So right now the mentorship program is going to be just about us getting to, uh, getting on track with education, getting on track with our health, getting on track, getting on track with our mental health, um, and just really start to set goals for ourselves um, every year, you know? So I want us to set little goals throughout the year and really just come together as a, collectively as a group um, and just have us time, you know, time of a form where we can speak openly. We can talk about our fears, talk about our goals, talk about what we want to do with no hesitation and with all positivity. You know, it's all about being positive in a mentorship program. And I want these kids to really pay it forward one day, you know, because I need to pay it forward. You know, I got, I got lucky. I'm blessed and I'm beyond grateful for the opportunities that I have right now. And if I can save one, you know, I've done great for myself. And that's, that's what it's all about. I love that. And, and at the time of the recording, this couldn't be a better timing as, as Nike has just partnered up with an organization uh, to promote the don't retire early program to keep kids in youth sports because of all the advantages exactly. of competitive sports. But what you're doing goes so far above and beyond that uh, you're creating a, essentially I, I like to call them intersections where you can change someone's trajectory just off these conversations, just off connecting them. Um, and so I, I love that Dennis, man, for anyone listening that one wants to follow your just killer inspirational Instagram <laughs> out, uh, give us your handle. And then where can people learn more about you, your training? Uh, maybe if they're in New York, come check out your gym. Uh, either if they're there or they're there traveling to come visit, um, where can people find more yeah. about you? All right. So my Instagram handle is FFT strong. People always ask me, what does that stand for? It stands for fighter fitness training strong. Um, so I, I made that, you know, if you want to know more about what FFT strong stands for, you can go to my website, DennisLazada.com. Um, if you're ever in New York, I definitely, I advise you, um, let me know, hit me up on Instagram. I will guess you into one of my classes. I work at the fitting room. We have three locations. We're uh, on the Upper West Side, we are on the Upper East Side, and we're also downtown in Flatiron. So if you're coming to New York City and you want to get a great workout, total body, total body workout um, with strength and conditioning, um, I advise you to hit me up and I will get you into my class free of charge. Trust me on that one. I'm always, you know, I'm that person who, uh, who loves to meet new people and bring them into our, our, our community. Um, and right now that's um you know i mean you've gotten most of uh my up, up and coming projects um you can also on my website we'll speak uh which just got developed i will be talking a lot more about you know my workouts my programming and there'll be a lot of uh, movements uh, so you can learn how to properly move using dumbbells using kettlebells using a barbell as well as trx dude 
I love it. I love it. And, and even some of your videos on your, uh, on your page now, I'm like, man, I've got some new things to try when I go to the gym. Uh, yeah. Just smoke me out, dude. Dennis, man, this has been fantastic. Thank you for spending some time with us this morning. And more importantly, thank you for just being open and sharing your story to not only inspire those listening, but, but to challenge them uh, sometimes to get out of their own head and start fighting and competing every day for their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mindset is everything. And I thank you guys for having me. Uh, I, I can't be more thankful. Thank you once again for having me. Thanks again, competitors, for tuning in to the Compete Everyday Podcast. As always, get in touch with the show by emailing us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. And don't forget to use your 15% off discount code podcast on any purchase at competeeveryday.com can't wait to see you again next week. And until then, keep competing every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.